and welcome back to another episode of Business is Pleasure. So me and Colin are like in this like funny, almost feel like disrespected <laughs> mode right now. I'm so, not actually crying, my eyes are just watering. No, it's actually funny though because like we had posted a picture and everything and then this guy comments on our picture, laugh out loud, y'all super trash. And like honestly, we always try to take the high road. So we're just like, oh thanks, you know what I mean? Then he does it again, still taking the high road. Then he just did it again. So like this is just like throwing us off. We're like, yo, like why do people waste time? But before we get into that, welcome back to another episode of Business is Pleasure. My name is John L. Francis. I am the co-owner of Clarendon Co. I am here with my business partner slash wifey for lifey, Colette Monique Liebert. And together, we are the owners of the Clarendon Trading Company, which source, distribute, market, vintage, contemporary, and used clothing globally. This is their first time on Business with Pleasure. Thank you so much for checking us out. This is where we, you know, talk about our business, talk about our relationship, and just allow ourselves to really, really understand, and you guys to understand what's going on within our lives as a whole. Hopefully, we can give you guys some valuable information, or we can be somewhat entertaining. But to go back to this guy now that's like virtually harassing us, like, we were actually speaking about this a little bit before, and you were just like, why why would someone go about trying to hurt someone else? I think, like, people who, I don't know, go online and they're, like, maliciously just trying to, like, make someone look bad for, like, literally no reason at all. They're mm -hmm. just, one, like, they're really, really bored. <laughs> like, they, like, they need, like, some kind of hobby at least. Mm -hmm. And then two, I feel like there's obviously something that they're not happy with and they're just kind of like lashing out in like a negative way because like your average everyday person isn't going to be like, let me comment on like small business uh, posts like just for fun to like try to like make them look bad or I don't know what he's doing. but whatever. Yeah, for sure. Because like this person himself looks like they're a vintage place as well. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, and I think what it is sometimes is that like some hurt people hurt people. <laughs> or like maybe he himself is maybe like intimidated by us so he wants to maybe like try and diminish us or whatever but it's like, like it's not gonna really do anything for us and also too a lot of times when like we're working with like i don't know different people i find that a lot of people that are in this like not as much like the vintage side but like at least like reselling in general a lot of the times they're really like young people yeah, yeah and not yeah. to say that like all young people are immature because like obviously there are a lot of no, young i'm 29 people. i could be very immature yeah. but i think there's a line of immaturity than being disrespectful yeah like, you know but like mean? at the end of the day like he's a stranger yeah just wasting his own time so. no 100 percent. and i think like we always talk about that it's like there are going to be a lot of times where there are people when it comes to business that are going to try and be malicious try and hurt you for simply no reason. And I think when it comes to situations like that, the best route to take is the high road. Because for you to do that, you're essentially saying like, hey, like, I'm not gonna allow you to affect my business and also me. Because imagine we were to hold on to this for like a couple of days, that's gonna kill us and it's gonna eat us inside, right? Yeah. And we're not getting anything out of it, you know? But I think it does make good content. That's why it's good to like bring it up address I it. I actually just think it's funny. Like, <laughs> one time someone did that to me on a Facebook market. Mm -hmm. Like, they, I posted something and they were like, oh yeah, super interested. And I was like, okay, like, when do you want to meet up? And they were like, ha, 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 just kidding. Like, I wouldn't buy this if you paid me. 
I was like, okay, like, you just wasted your time for no reason. Like, like don't you have anything better to do? Like, it's, it's crazy. I was like, okay, like, have a good day. But right. honestly, it's good for us, though, because what it does, because, like, him commenting on us, it helps with algorithms. Yeah. And also, it's like, an, it's an extra view for us, right? Yeah. So, it definitely, definitely does help, and I yeah. do really, really appreciate that. But the best way we usually start the show, usually not on a negative note like we did today. It so wasn't like, negative, know, it was just funny. Yeah, yeah. So, how was your week? My week was pretty good. Um, we have like we kind of did our like uh, what's it called? Our like goal, not goals. I don't want to say goals, mm-hmm. but, our, but our like benchmarks that we want to hit for like twenty nineteen mm-hmm. for Clarendon Co. So we kind of like fleshed that out and figured out like our timelines for everything. And it was actually surprising too because like. For me, sometimes I dread doing things. I'm like, oh, it's going to take forever. I don't want to do it. Oh, my gosh. Like, you know, like hardcore procrastination. But when we actually got to it, we did it on Monday. We're okay. We did about an hour and a half. Then on Tuesday, we did another hour. So it was like less than three hours. We just got everything out the way. You know what I mean? Also, too, like something I just realized, like procrastination is kind of like that feeling that you have when like you don't want to work out. Mm. And you're like, I really don't want to work out. I really don't want to work out. And then like as soon as you start working out, you're like, 10, 15, 20 minutes and you're like, oh, okay, this is not that bad. Wasn't that bad. Yeah. And then you feel good at the end of it that yeah. you actually did work out, yeah. even though at the beginning you didn't really want to, mm-hmm. but you did. It's the same thing. Like, it feels... Like, I feel like procrastination, even though, like, it can be over in a long period of time, it's a really, like, short-term gratification. Because, yeah. like, you're happy in the moment, right? Like, you're like, oh, okay, like, I can relax and watch Netflix. Or I can just be lazy, like, fuck this shit. Yeah. I can do no work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can be lazy. But then, when you don't procrastinate, and in the long run, like, you end up you're... appreciating all the stuff that you did so much more. So. Yeah. And, and and the crazy thing, too, about procrastination is that, like, let's say you do continue procrastinating, and you don't get anything done, you actually end up feeling like shit. Yeah. And then, like, you kind of like almost like start beating yourself up in your head like why didn't I do this oh I should have done this you know what I mean yeah you look back on all the time you Mm -hmm. wasted and like everything yeah and also the good thing about us starting that it like builds momentum for us as well too right yeah okay well we got that out the way that was only three hours now we only have to do a podcast which is only 30 minutes so it's like oh well that's nothing you know what I mean yeah goes goes back to like one of your famous things which I never understood you got to eat the biggest frog first that's the stupidest thing you've ever said. I hate when you say what? that. You gotta eat the biggest frog first. I've, I've I never... do not understand that. Who eats frogs? That's the thing I don't understand. That's the... Babe, that's part of the analogy. So, they, okay. The idea is mm-hmm. you have to be, eat the biggest frog first. So, no one wants to eat a frog. Mm-hmm. Frogs are disgusting. They're slimy. No mm-hmm. one wants to eat that. So, you're doing... You're eating the biggest frog. So, you're doing the thing that you don't, don't want to do the most mm-hmm. first. So you know what? This is your fault. This is the first time you've ever taken <laughs> you never the time asked. the time to really explain this to me. You, you know what I mean? Asked. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame you for that one. But it asked. actually does make sense now. Because who does want to eat a frog? No one. No one. But you, that's the point. Wait, you do the thing you don't, don't want to do. do first. Oh, that's actually a really good one. <laughs> you did? So how did you, like, what did you get out of that if you didn't understand that? I, I didn't get anything because I'm like, what is she talking about? Like, you know what I mean? Because in school, it's like, oh, well, do the hardest thing first. I'm like, well, why don't you just say that? But I guess that, that does make a lot of sense now, you know what I mean? You know. So I'm a little slow sometimes, but, you know, once I get the ball rolling, it's, it's all good, you know what I mean? Okay. Okay, so um, today what I want to talk about is um, what's your thing? And you'll be happy. I think a lot of the times, especially like when we're in university and college, we're constantly trying to figure out like, what do we want to do for the rest of our lives? You know what I mean? And I think with us, we had like so much issues with this. We'd bounce different ideas from one another. And also just going through the journey and trying to figure it out, you know? Because like when you think about it from a, 
from the end of high school, so like 18, 17, up till now, that was a 10-year process for us to get closer to at least what we want to do for the rest of our lives and everything, you know? Wow, that's a long yeah, time. <laughs> when you really take it in that way, right? Yeah. When you really, really take it in, you know what I mean? So, so like, with yourself, like, what, like, I'm sure, like, you're on that, you're on that, like, that route to getting there, being happy with your whole lifestyle and everything, you Honestly, know? I'm happy right now, but I think, um... One thing I realized, I really only realized this in the last, like, year, I guess I could say, Mm -hmm. is that, like, I had to be really honest with myself in terms of, like, what I actually want. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I feel like when you grow up a certain way or, like, you grow up and, like, you do everything that you're supposed to do, like, you go to high school, you get really good grades, you go to university, you get good enough grades... (laughs) this is your story right yeah this is my story you know what I mean you kind of get in this like mill of like yeah like you're doing this for a reason you're doing this to get like a really good job one day work the nine to five retire at like I don't know 65 and like live the rest of your life Mm -hmm. and like it wasn't really until like this past year when I was like I don't think I want that. And before it was always in, like, the back of my head, like, I don't think I want just, like, that regular 9 to Mm 5 doing the same thing every single day. But I always felt, like, guilty about it. Like, I feel it, and I'd be like, no, 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 like, you have to, like, work towards this, like, specific career, and, like, you need to be, like, really steadfast on it. And, like, if you don't focus on that, like, you're ungrateful, and, like, you're unappreciative for, like, all the things So you're more on yourself, like, beating yourself up about doing what's best for you almost yeah like I was like beating myself up the f- over the fact that I didn't want what I felt that a lot of people want mm-hmm. and I felt like I was being like a princess mm-hmm. for that like mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't really deserve to like mm-hmm. desire something other than that I don't know I, th- I think it's crazy that you say that because it's like I think when it comes to like what you want for your own lifestyle and for yourself you have to be selfish because at the end of the day, it's like you're going to be the person that's going to have to live like this for the rest of your life, you know? Yeah. So if you're not going to put yourself in a position to at least attempt to get that lifestyle for yourself, yeah. you're going to be extremely miserable. Really, really unhappy. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, like, the last, like, I don't know, maybe, like, the last half of, like, last year when I was like, yeah, like, I don't want to do the same thing every day. Like, I don't want to wake up and, like, literally do, like, the same task that I did mm-hmm. yesterday and the day before and the day before that. Like, I like the fact that my days have variability and they're different and I have, like, the power and, like, autonomy to choose what I'm going to mm-hmm. do each and every day. And, like, and it's beneficial to me and my future and my present, you know, state, current state of mind. And, like, I, I don't know, like, it just took me a really long time to, like, accept that. Yeah, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I think as long as you found the answer that you're happy with, that's mm-hmm. what's most important, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I remember working at, like, Wawanisa, and I always knew that I didn't want to be there for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. But I knew that, like, I had to more or less, like, sacrifice my time for economics. And and also, like, for the resources that does come with it as well, too, right? Yeah. So, for me, I always knew that I didn't want to do the whole 9-to-5 corporate life, but... I just didn't know, like, what was next. What should I do next? You know what I mean? Because yeah. when we started Canada & Co., it wasn't very successful for, like, the first two and a half years. So yeah. transitioning, so the idea of transitioning over to Clarendon Co., for me, was also, like, an afterthought. Daunting. Yeah, and you, know and you I mean? couldn't, like, see the, mm-hmm. the, the journey because it wasn't very clear. Yeah, it wasn't very clear, but yeah. that's the thing about business. A lot of times, business isn't clear for the first little while. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that was me almost, like, not being willing to wait 
not being willing to like, hey, like if I want this, I have to work at it. Yeah. If I want this, I'm gonna have to like figure it out on the way. Yeah. And I'm happy that I stuck, that we stuck to our wits and we figured it out on the way because like now I feel like I'm getting closer to the lifestyle that I want, you know? Because yeah. it's funny because a lot of people have this impression that oh well when you have vision you can do whatever you want you don't have to work as hard anymore mm-hmm. it's like we're at a point we're working twice as hard from the time we wake up to almost the time that we're going to bed we're working on clarendon co work on fst you're doing stuff for your school you know what i mean it's like we're we're these independent contractors but we're constantly working at something you know mm-hmm. and i think like we like that a bit more because like again it goes back to the personal autonomy that we're able to do for our own lifestyles you know like yeah. we're being able to dictate what we want to do you know and that's something that like like having that autonomy and control over your life and your lifestyle is something that it can be i don't know it's so easy to take away when you're dependent on like one specific job or like one specific source of income like i felt it firsthand like i was working at like a job that i loved and enjoyed and i literally got like fired in the span of like an hour an hour You know? like you were there, they find out your marks, you're like, yeah, you gotta go. Yeah. Yeah, like, literally, literally. You know what I mean? Literally. So, like, so like, it, was, it wasn't necessarily an unfortunate situation because it taught me a, a lot, and it taught me a lot about, like, myself and the type of life and security that I want and I know that I need to work towards or, well, I am working towards right now. But, yeah, like, that to me was, like, a turning point. I was like, I'm not, I can't work my ass off to be, like, to have somebody else have so much control over my current state and future mm-hmm. at any given time, mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's not worth it to me. No, 100%. And, like, the unfortunate aspect, if we look at running and being an entrepreneur and looking at business on the other side, it's really on sleeping as well. Mm-hmm. But I would rather be able to dictate that instability rather than someone else do it for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. with, when it comes to being an entrepreneur, it's up to you. It's up to you, like, you know what I mean? If you want to make it work, you're going to make it work. If not, you got to figure it out. You really, really got to figure it out, you know? And I think that it's really important that we always are, like, one step ahead of everything. We need to look and really analyze every market that we're in so we understand, like, hey, like, if vintage clothing isn't working right now, we need to pivot this business or our lifestyle is going to have to change drastically. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, so that's always important. But to even think about the idea of vintage clothing, because, like, we've talked about it before where we do believe that markets behaviors do change and the idea of vintage is more or less a trend in fashion it's a trend in society we see it from tv shows from writing where it's like vintage is like huge right yeah so it's like we we always need to follow the money like you know what i mean where things are going what's relevant what's working for us where is society pivoting and everything you know and like i think one way that we've been able to do that was doing well, first off, going to really bad shows. Really, really bad. Really bad shows, really bad events, figuring out our demographic. And then when we were able to do that, we realized, hey, this is who our company's best cater towards. So now let's really try to scale that and try to like just follow the money and do the stuff that works, mm-hmm. you know? So like, do you think there's anything else that we did that when it came to like focusing on doing what works? So we had the events. Through the events, mm. we have our selling apps. Mm-hmm. And also, I think just, like, our mindset, like, the variability that we always keep in mind. Like, we're, we don't archetype ourselves to, like, a vintage company. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Not, at no point will we ever say, like, yeah, we're a vintage company. Mm-hmm. We only sell vintage clothing. Mm-hmm. We're in the business of sourcing and distributing. Mm-hmm. And whether that's vintage clothing, high-end streetwear, off-white, or cotton balls. Like, mm-hmm. we'll get you whatever. Cotton balls. Yeah, cotton balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, we'll get you whatever 
whatever wherever there's a market for it, we'll mm-hmm. get it for you. And and like I feel like that's something that is gonna be really beneficial for us, like it is right now and going forward in the future because like it allows us to have so much more variability. And like some people will have like a negative like we'll cast a negative light on that like they'll be like oh like you're a sellout or like you're not real vintage or you're not real this you're not real that's like i'm not i'm not not. not real vintage you're actually 100 percent right you're right and like and that's why i love talking to people in the vintage community because it allows us to get a better understanding of who our clientele is right yeah because there's some people that i meet and like they're just true historians like they want to preserve this stuff and i think that's amazing but that's not our business no we were able to find a loophole within the vintage community and see like hey like we see what people like but we did the work we analyzed the market we go out and find and source the pieces you know what i mean and that's what's important it's like hey like we may not always love the pieces that we sell but our clientele does yeah that's what's most important you know i think that's one thing we also try to follow is like let's follow the market the market's going to dictate what works the market's going to dictate what's popular Mm -hmm. so for us to sit here on our high horse and be like oh no i don't i don't like this i don't like that it's ridiculous that's how we were at the beginning to be honest and that's why our business wasn't successful Mm -hmm. in the first couple of years because we're focused on what we wanted yeah we're like well i like turtlenecks Mm -hmm. and henleys Mm -hmm. and like i love a henley though i love a henley (laughs) and like button down so everyone must like it and if you don't like it then like don't don't buy from us but it's like that's a really really small market yeah it's it's a really really small market right and i think with every business you kind of have to like take and strip away your ego and realize okay like what's best for the community that i want to interact with don't get me wrong there are some people who are like who are able to have a fashion sense that's uniquely theirs and they can just sell like that but i think the position that we were coming in we're like new to the vintage new to reselling online that we were coming from the wrong position instead of wanting to be like instead of wanting to willing to learn we were like yeah we know everything this is definitely gonna sell you know yeah like we were kind of on a high horse no, 100%. 100%. Yeah. But I think that's one of the next things when it comes to like business. It's like you have to find out what is your market and then what problem are you like really trying to fix or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think the most important problem that the two problems that we're fixing is that efficiency for people. So instead of you having to go now to Value Village, having to go to a warehouse, we'll find those pieces for you. We'll make it a lot more easier. Yeah. And also the price points. And, it is, and it is a lot easier because like even now because like vintage is so popular i feel like back even like five years ago like you could go into value village and find tons of stuff tons of stuff you could go to the black market and find tons of stuff because nobody really was like into vintage no one was really shopping at like value village and thrift stores that predominantly and it, it hasn't been until like the last couple of years where like there's been numerous times when i'd go to like the thrift store, the black market, and I literally come out empty-handed mm-hmm. because, like, it's just, like, the supply is, like, so dry and, like, you literally need to go, like, consistently first thing in the morning, like, when they... But that's what we'll do for everyone. Exactly, and, like, that's, that's, that's the need that we we're finding because, like, there are people that, like, your average person doesn't have the time to go to Value Village every single day uh, when they first open to find, like, an outfit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, we kind of do that for you. We curate it. We put it online. Easy for you to view. Easy for you to purchase. And it's fun. And I think that's good, too, because it's, like, another problem that we're solving is that, like, the price points. So, I was at H&M the other day, right? And I saw a vintage um super nintendo sweater i was like what the heck like these are 39 bucks after tax like 45 46 dollars right i was like that's crazy and then i looked and then we actually found a real vintage one and we're selling them from anywhere from 25 to 30 bucks 
So it's like, okay, well, it's not brand new, but I believe there's more character into it. And it's also, you're getting a better item in terms of quality. Because if you felt the H&M quality wasn't the best, yeah. you know what I mean? And if you're on a vintage snob, like, yeah, like you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> they're going to be like, mm. <laughs> and all, And also, the price point is better as well, too, right? So sometimes it's like, we also have to realize is that, like, we're not also only competing with, like, other vintage companies. We're competing with everyone that sells vintage. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's yeah. important that, like, that's where we bring values to our customers, you know? We're, they're going to have the good quality pieces with good price good price points as well. Yeah. Because that's always important in everything, you know? Because mm-hmm. I think with, like, each time that we do an event, we're also solving another problem. Because a lot of the people within those communities, they don't have access to, like, the vintage pieces all the time. So for us to do events now, to go to these different marketplaces, mm-hmm. we're hopefully bringing value to them and bringing pieces that people may not always have like a direct access to yeah so no, I th- for sure yeah 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 so i think that's always really especially good too. places that are like outside of toronto that like don't necessarily have like a fairly large like vintage scene like mm-hmm. i feel like we definitely notice that it is like people are interested in the stuff that we have to offer yeah 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 and i think that's important too man because when we when we look back and like the old events that we used to do no one used to be interested in any of our products you know what i mean not one we we honestly we've gone to events didn't even sell one item oh my gosh driving an hour and a half packing up like rolling racks like all this clothing clothing, hangers like everything was staying there for six hours like 12 hour days not not making one dollar not making one dollar and i think that's where it's really important that's where resilience really comes in hand because if you don't see light at the end of the tunnel and you don't see how like hey this right here isn't a failure this is how i know what not to do and i'm going to stay away from because for the longest time like i always had this idea like yeah we can go to mom events and we can like and like moms will buy stuff for their kids like you know what i mean no. we i really had this misconception right yeah. but for us to figure that out we had to like really fail how did you feel how did you feel like at those events when we... Um, at, at first, like, with me, I always try to be, like, as optimistic as possible. Yeah. So it's always like, okay, well, you know what? We're going to make it happen, you know? Because I think that once you go in with a negative attitude, your day's already ruined, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But after it, I was, like, a bit beaten up about it. I was like, Frig, like, does, do I, do, does the clothes that we sell suck? Is it us? Like, you know what I mean? It forced me to, like, think constantly, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized, hold on, maybe it's not us. Maybe it's them. Maybe it's, maybe it's us picking the wrong people for the business, you know? At the event. Right? Yeah. So that's when we start to realize, like, hey, like, you know what? Let's try this event. Let's try this event. Let's try this event, you know? Mm-hmm. And by us constantly doing that, I stop feeling as, like, bad about the things that we're doing. I stop feeling as, like, uncertain, you yeah. know? But, like, without that uncertainty, we wouldn't have gotten to this place of, like, success. Yeah, you kind of have to go. You have to go through it to get to, like, a better mm-hmm. place. Yeah, and I think that's important, right? And I think a lot of the times it's, like... Like Rocky, man. Like I, I hate to use this analogy because everyone does. Like that guy got his ass bust constantly, constantly, constantly. But he always came back, trained harder. You know, got some new moves, and came out on top. You know. Yeah. And I think like if we were to like stick with our method that we originally had, that's when we would have been like, okay, yeah, this is never gonna go anywhere. You know. And I feel like sometimes failure is like one of the best things that can happen to you because it's a clear indication. Like it's literally like an experiment of like what you've done wrong yeah you know like it's literally like the world telling you okay like this is not what you're supposed to be doing this isn't working this isn't working you need to figure something out change whatever you need to do in order to get back to like a positive place because like 
it's like I don't know there's just so much that you can learn from like a negative experience and turn it into something positive yeah and you have to right and I think like some negative experiences that like we go through in terms of our business is like when we're dealing with customers and like we may accidentally post the item as a large but it's actually a medium you know what I mean yeah just like little mistakes that we've made like you know what I mean but instead of dwelling on it and being like well, you know, we got to make sure this is better. And, like, you know, and, in, and of course, like, not blaming the customer. Yeah. Because I think of, like, we... And I think if we don't take responsibility, that's a sign of weakness. And our customers will see that, you know? Yeah, and, like, we if we don't have customers, we don't have a business. Mm-hmm. So, like, like, we always have to... If there is something that, like, it's our wrong, our mistake, we have to admit our wrongs and, like, do whatever it takes to make that customer happy again, whether that be a discount or a refund or whatever the case may be, or a refund, even keeping the product, like whatever it may be to keep them happy. Because at the end of the day, like we are a small business. And like, even though sometimes we get this idea that like, yeah, like Toronto's so big, whatever, like people don't interact. People do interact with each Mm -hmm. other. Like who's to say that that person is not going to talk to a friend and Mm -hmm. be like, Oh, like I saw that I bought from them before. Don't buy from them because this, then whatever. You know what I mean? mean? Like with me, I think I'm much more comfortable like losing like 10, 20, 30, 40, $50 than losing that lifetime customer. You know what I mean? And I think that's extremely important because they say 80% of your sales can come from 20% of your market. So that 20% is so crucial. And the only way you're able to keep that 20% is by keeping them happy and doing right by them. You know what I mean? Building the relationship. Exactly. And I think that's why we have like a couple people that let's say they don't buy all the time from us, but they will constantly come back to us because like, one, I think it's those interpersonal relationships that we've been able to build with them yeah. by being courteous, by being kind, plus by giving them good quality pieces and everything, yeah. you know? And if you're shopping with us regularly, we're really good at, like, getting good prices. Yeah, like, like, oh my gosh. Like, there's this one guy that we work with, our home. He's, like, been with us since day one. Like, two of them, actually, right? And, like, we give them the sickest prices. And, they and like, it's kind of funny because, like, we'll post online and we'll be like, yeah, the, he, he's going to buy this today. Yeah. Like, you know, because, like, we've almost, like, more we know or less... So, so, so well. And the only way you do that is by building that relationship, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, they allow, they allow us to know that, hey, like, we should continue purchasing products like this, you know? Mm-hmm. With our clientele that does support us, that's the people that we need to always stick by and treat them like gold. Mm-hmm. We need to really, really treat them like gold because without them, like, our business is nothing. Our business yeah. is shit. Yeah. Business is so shit. So, like, it's always cool, I think, when we're, like, offering them discounts. And even, like, sometimes, like, we even give people free pieces sometimes, yeah. you know what I mean? If we've seen someone that always likes a uh, Tommy Hilfiger t-shirt or whatever, you know what I mean? But they buy a Harley-Davidson, you know, we'll sneak a Tommy Hilfiger t-shirt in there, you know? Like, yeah. enjoy that, you know? It's on us, you know? Keep it. Don't worry about it, you know? So, I think that's always important just to, like, have incentives there for people to want to be around you and want to constantly come back to and you. And not even that, just, like, let people know that they're appreciated. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, and, like, the only way that you can really let someone know that they're appreciated is by showing them. Yeah, yeah. And, like, as either through money or by giving them free stuff, which is essentially money, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, even sometimes just saying thank you. The same thanks to Honestly, you. but no. Like, hmm. it's like doing something goes a lot further than like... Because we yeah, say yeah. thank you all the time. No, but, but also, but sometimes it does depend on the client, right? There are some people, of course, that want free. Like, I want free. No, not even that they want free, but that they feel that we actually appreciate it. Okay, them. yeah. You have to you show it more than you say You have to show it. it. Yeah, because yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, we say that to every customer. Like, every any customer. Even if you bought from us one time, we hmm. say, thank you for your purchase. We really appreciate it. Whatever yeah, the yeah. case may be. But like, those repeat customers, like, they hear that all the time from us. So to yeah, get yeah. that, like... You know, like a discounted, crazy 
easy discount or like a free product like that's where it really shows you know no no a hundred percent a hundred percent so before we jump out of here I'm just going to say bye. I'm not going to ask you if you have any last words. Because I never do. I, I've learned my lesson from now on. <laughs> um, do I have any last words? Um, yeah, I think 2019 has come off to a really good start. We've been as consistent as we were in 2018. But now we have like a couple things that we're going to be implementing to try and grow the business as much as possible and scale. And we have we have something up for you guys this year. We have, we have a couple things, you know. We're going to keep it quiet because, you know, we are, we're, we're results-oriented. You know, we allow the results to speak for themselves, but it's, it's going to be an exciting year. And I think by us constantly building this community that we have around us, that's what's really helping us a lot to grow. Really yeah. helping us a lot to grow. So I want to say thank you guys. And until next time, peace. Bye.